Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Nationals podcast today, brought to you by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com for the best prices for parts on your car or truck. On today's show, we have part two, day number two of our playoff diary. And boy, yesterday was so much fun on Wednesday, having a day full of baseball. All eight series were in play. We're going to go through all of them, series by series, talk about where we stand Take a look in our playoff diary. Who is advancing? Who is out? Uh, who still has games left to do? Who still has work left to do? What's stuck out? Because there's a whole lot to get to. Going to do the American League first in the first half of the show. And in the second half of the show, we are going to do the National League. Once again, too, want you guys to check out the postseason position breakdowns. Did the catching position yesterday for the Nationals. Talked about Jan Gomes. Talked about Kurt Suzuki. Uh, the seasons they had, whether or not that Suzuki will be back. We know Jan Gomes will be back. So check that one out. That's in your podcast feed. And this is day number two of our uh, playoff diary. So I hope you guys enjoy. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get to it. This is playoff diary number two here on the Locked On Nationals podcast. Starting the American League, and this is where, uh, you know, most of it actually, to be honest, is wrapped up. We have three series that have already concluded. The lone series that has not concluded, the White Sox and the A's, is going to be playing their Game 3 today on Thursday. So we'll see what happens there. For the other three series, let's let's start at the top of the ledger. Uh, Tampa Bay, in two games, takes care of the Toronto Blue Jays. Tampa Bay, the big story here is their pitching was outstanding. For the first two days. Outstanding, outstanding, outstanding. Blake Snell and Tyre Glasnow were phenomenal, timely hitting. Um, and I think in a game two where they had a chance to put away the the Jays, they did. So I think there's really not a ton to say there. Um, there is a lot more to say about the second series that we're going to be dealing with. And that is the Yankees and the Indians. This series, uh, this game two was something. And the game one, credit the Yankees for getting to... Uh, Bieber, who's going to be the the AL Cy Young. I mean, they got to an elite pitcher there. They did an excellent job getting to him. In game number two, it provided us the game of the playoffs so far. I know it's only been, been two days, but there have been a good number of games played, and this one was was by far the best. Uh, and there were a couple rain delays in there, one before the game, one during the game. The Indians jump out to a 4 nothing lead. Stan hits a home run, makes it 4-1. And then Gio Urshela, who was the real star of this game, hits a grand slam on top of the fourth inning. Uh, Short leash on Carlos Cookie Carrasco, and he gets out of the game. And here's the thing about this pitch that that Urshela hits. It's a low fastball, and he goes and just yanks this thing to left field. It was an excellent job by Urshela. Uh, An amazing hit. A huge moment in this game. And then Stanton gets a sacrifice fly. He makes it 6-4. You might think, hey... You know, even in the fifth inning, these guys are starting to pull away. They've already got game one, body blow effect. No, the Indians battle right back. And Ramirez doubles, scores two, makes it 6-6 in the bottom of the sixth. Yankees respond again. Gary Sanchez hits a two-run home run, shockingly, in the top of the sixth inning. Then, in a shocking move, Sandy Elmar Jr. goes from Josh Naylor to Jordan Luplo. In a spot where you think that you want to keep Josh Naylor in the game, two guys on base, 
and everybody was questioning. I was getting, um, you know, I was in a group chat. People were questioning it. Watching the broadcast, they were questioning it. A-Rod was questioning it. And Luplo hits a two-run double that was almost a home run to dead center field. And the the Indians end up pulling even in this game because of that decision. I mean, not one that makes a ton of sense, but hey, man, when you pull the right string, sometimes you pull the right strings. And for Alomar, that was the right string. 8-8. Eight, eight. Then the next inning, uh, it was Cesar Hernandez. He singles, and now it is eight in favor of the Indians. Well, in the top of the ninth inning, Sanchez hits a sacrifice fly to score Mike Talkman, and DJ LeMahieu, with two runners on base, singles to center to make it 10-9. And the big play in this game for me comes in the eighth inning, though. He had to go back there defensively when bases were loaded, and Urshela stops a ball going to third that would have scored at least one run. And he's able to turn a double play and get the Yankees out of the inning. And it was a play that I think preserved the game for the Yankees. It allowed the damage to only be one run heading into the ninth inning. They're able to tie it and go ahead. And then Chapman is able to shut the door in that tenth inning, or excuse me, in that ninth inning, and get the Yankees a 10-9 victory. This, for me, was the game of the playoffs so far. A, an exciting, fun, albeit very long, and that was an issue too. I mean, it's just kind of the nature of the beast, but these playoff games can be marathons. It started at 7. It ended at midnight, even without the delays. I believe I saw on Twitter it was one of the longest playoff games uh, that went nine innings. I think it was the longest MLB playoff game that went, went nine, nine innings. I think it's the longest MLB game that's just a regular nine-inning game. This one, without the delays, was still a long one. It was still a battle. It was still a lot of fun, but it was long. And uh, though, so the Yankees now advance. They set up a American League East rematch with the Tampa Bay Rays. So that should be exciting. Um, and I'm kind of, um, you know, I, I was you were hoping for some new matchups, but we all always knew that this was a possibility and that we could get some rematches. So. I'm not totally upset with us getting a rematch here. I think it's an exciting series. I think it's a quality series. I think the pitching, the big story is going to be the pitching of the the Rays. That quality is going up against that Yankees lineup that has been fantastic. That that the Yankees in this game especially, you go through the names, the guys who are making plays. And I had mentioned this before this series started. I said, I like the fact that it wasn't the Stantons and the judges always deciding these games for the Yankees this season. I like the fact that it had been the Luke Voigts, the Gio Urshelas, uh, you know, the in some spots, the Davey Garcias. I had liked that fact about the Yankees. And the best player tonight for the Yanks was Gio Urshela. He was the best player for them. That Grand Slam was a classic playoff moment. And then that double play that he turns is one of those underrated moments, those moments that slip by in a 10-9 game that you kind of forget about. That, for me, the Grand Slam, very impressive. The double play saved them that game. It saved them that game. And so I was uber impressed with the Yankees, uber impressed with Gio Urshela. Moving on now, teams I was not uber impressed with. The Minnesota Twins, they lose two games to the Houston Astros. The first game of the series, they fell 2-1, to one, and in game two, they lose 3-1. to one. The offense was just not there for the Indians in this game. The second game, they only get three hits. Um, this team was unable to hit with runners in scoring position all year, or excuse me, all series. 
Nelson Cruz delivers them the only moment of the game uh, of note with a, he gets a, a an RBI that it, it should have scored two, but a great play by Gonzalez from the Astros keeps it at one to one. And in this game, the Astros, man, they they battle back, and Carlos Correa hits a, a solo home run to make it two to one. Credit to the Astros, but the issue I have is Carlos Correa after the game thinking that this somehow validates them. And I think the Twins were a really good baseball team. I said it a million times. My my World Series pick, uh, I'm not sure if I said this the other day, It was it's the same one that I had last year. I think it's going to be the Braves and the Yankees. I missed last year. I just have kind of a feeling about those two teams this season. But that was standing. I mean, the Astros did show some championship medal here. I love the Twins this season. I was just a bit upset that Correa afterwards somehow thinks that this validates them when that team across the board has hit worse this season. Um, not saying they were cheating last year, but and also now they're they are 31-31, and they are now ent- entering the traditional part of the playoffs now. So they qualified in the in the, in the wild card round. Good for them. Um, I'm not going to take that away from them. What I'm saying is is that for some reason you think this validates you on a team this talented, on a team that cheating or not cheating should still be a World Series contender. Maybe not the pitching this year, but. Uh, I was a bit, I was a bit off put by that comment. I think that you did not prove to anybody. I mean, you beat the Twins once again. I think they're a good team, but historically, not a great playoff team. If I'm, if I'm Carlos Correa, I'm not feeling like we validated very much, and I'm not understanding where that is coming from. I mean, you know, as heels, it's a great move, and it, you know, to use a wrestling term, as 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 the bad guy, as the heel, it does help you. It does kind of um, get you a bit more excited, get us a bit more excited to try and watch them you know, lose. But to me, it, it was a bit curious to think that somehow they validated in a series where they scored five runs um, and credit to them, they won the games, but it wasn't like there was some gigantic offensive output in these series that somehow, you know, displayed the Astros ability to hit irregardless of whether or not they were cheating. So I'm kind of missing the boat. Um, I'm kind of missing where the validation is. I think Carlos Correa is just saying that to say that. Whether he believes it or not, I, I, I don't think he does. But he is just saying it to say it. Congrats to them. The Astros get the 31-31. They now advance to the American League Divisional Series. Uh, I'm excited to see who they play. I'm excited to see their next series. And that's where we get to next. Yesterday, the Oakland A's hold off the White Sox 5-3 to to get themselves a Game 3. Game one, Lucas Giolito was a monster, which was, you know, a tough pill to swallow if you're a Nationals fan, to watch that man dominate uh, former National. And then the, a nice bounce back, because because Giolito was really the, he was, uh, you know, what it was all about um, in, in game one. Really nice job yesterday, I thought, from Chris Bassett, who gave him seven strong innings, only allows one earned run, gives up one hit, one walk, he strikes out five over the course of seven full innings. And it was Liam Hendricks who came into the game and surprisingly was the one that struggled. He ends up giving up uh, in this game four runs, two of them which were earned. He does strike out five, though, as well, too. But they were able to put this game away. They win 5-3. The bases were loaded in the ninth inning for the White Sox, and the uh, but the A's were able to halt the rally, force a game three, and so now we're in a scenario where either, you know, I think we're hoping the White, I think baseball is hoping the White Sox win so we'd get a different matchup, Astros-White Sox in the American League Division Series, because we have already seen um, the A's 
and the Astros. And I think it would be kind of, I mean, not, not bad, but you know, we'd be getting two division league, uh, two division league series that we've already seen that would be reruns from the regular season. So and I'm fine with that. I mean, it's, it's okay. It's just, I would like some differentiation. So not saying I'm pulling for the White Sox. <clears throat> Either way, both these teams, I think, are very deserving. Both these teams, you know, uh, 35 win, 36 win teams. So it's it's tough to see either, them, either one of them bounce. Um, I think especially for a lot of us, the, the White Sox are exciting. Did not play great baseball. Thought they showed a lot of resilience going 2-8 and eight in the last 10 games and then coming back and winning game one of this series. So a lot of resilience there. Um, I'm excited for Game 3. That one is going to be today. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, let's get to the National League and take a look in those series. Once again, American League, three series, all decided. Yankees through, Rays through. Those two teams will play in the first American League Division Series. The Astros are through over the Twins, and now we're waiting on one more game between the A's and the White Sox to decide who's through there. We'll get to the National League in one sec. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody. They're always reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest possible price rather than charging prices based off what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require account login or membership. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know what we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com All right, let's talk about the league the Nationals are in. Let's talk about the National League. Uh, I'm Also, too, guys, I'm sorry if my voice sounds raspy today. I have no idea what it is. Uh, no idea why my voice sounds like this. But we power on regardless. Um... The Reds and the Braves played in maybe the most interesting one nothing game I've ever watched. What a pitching matchup this one was between Trevor Bauer and Max Freed. Bauer goes seven and two-thirds innings, allows two hits, 12 strikeouts, no walks. This is why, in my opinion, he is the National League Cy Young this season, and in the opinions of many, he deserves that distinction. A great effort, too, from Max Fried. Seven innings, six hits, five strikeouts, and did the best he could, for the most part, to match with the uh, with Trevor Bauer. Here's what I will say about this game. Is that last season, this the, the version of the Braves that was out there loses this game because they end up stranding 13 runners. Uh, 13 Reds were stranded. And this bullpen ends up working the final seven innings of this contest. And it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different guys. And none of them ended up allowing a run. That does not happen last season. I was also very impressed with the 11 strikeouts over the back seven innings, excuse me, six innings of this game um, from when Max Free came out of the game. Uh, it was the final six innings of this game. They gave great support. They ended up striking out 11 guys. They gave up five hits. And I was talking to my good friend Cole Acasio, who's been on the show, and also check out his podcast, Whistleblower. It's been making some big waves uh, recently if you're a basketball fan. Good to go listen to. But he's a Braves fan, and we were talking. We were saying the Braves, that, that Braves group from last year does not win this, does not win this game. Um, I power rank this as my most intriguing series because I wanted to see how the lineup 
of the Braves did against this Reds team. And they were one for 10 with runners in scoring position. So, you know, this this Reds pitching, uh, Trevor Bauer was everything that we thought he would be and more in this game. What an impressive performance. I think if you encaps if you had one you said, you know, one guy encapsulated his season in one performance, Trevor Bauer would be the guy you look at. And then one thing you have to look though too is Freddie Freeman coming up with that gigantic hit. I mean, the guy who is going to be the National League MVP in my opinion. Um, only other guy you can make an argument for, I think, is Mookie Bess. Uh, a, a rational argument. I think Freddie Freeman kind of run away, ran, runs away with that award. But Freeman showing that championship medal, showing that uh, that impressive thing that championship teams have. The Braves and the Yankees, and I know it was one game, but they just had games that we talk about along championship runs that mean so much. And the Braves were never down, but there were a lot of times where there were guys on base and we thought that was it. You know, one out, no outs. Uh, you know, guys on first and third, bases loaded. And the Braves' bullpen worked out of those situations. This one got away from the Reds, and body blow effect, man. To play that kind of a game and have to come back the next day and win one, I think it's hard. I love the Braves today. I think they get this thing done, and I think they advance because this game felt like it was the series all kind of wrapped into one game. Once again, Red's not out of it, but it's so difficult to come back from a loss like this and try to respond. So credit to the Braves for getting that win. That was a really fun game in the sense of, uh, you know, one run games or, you know, one nothing games usually cannot be the most fun, but I thought that one was, it was a blast to watch. All right. And the four five matchup, it is the Padres, the new kids in the block against the established Cardinals. The big story of this game was the Cardinals getting to Chris Paddock early. He struggled and gave up four runs in that first inning. The Cardinals really put it on them. And the game ends up being a bit closer, 7-4. to four, But that four spot in the first was really impressive. Uh, I thought the Cardinals were locked in. They're dialed in. And John Rooney made a great point. I was listening to it on the radio. He said, you know, experience just matters so much in spots like this. And this Cardinals, this Cardinals team is loaded with guys who, uh, who have that experience. Uh, whether it be Goldschmidt, whether it be Carpenter, uh, you know, whether it be Paul DeYoung, you know, these guys are experienced grouped together. And I was not shocked at all by the result of this game. Uh, I'm curious to see if the Padres can punch back a little bit today. But from the Cardinals' perspective, uh, not not too surprised about the result uh, of this game. So credit to the Cardinals. Big one there. Um, the, the kind of the offensive explosion that we didn't have in many games. Uh, I think some of the, some of these playoff games were missing kind of some early offense. This one did provide a little bit of that and then got a bit more interesting later on in the game, but the Cardinals get a run in the ninth, make it a three run game and they're able to extend, uh, extend that lead. And they did not give it back. An interesting result in the three, six matchup. It was the Marlins five, the Cubs one. And now Miami takes a one games to zero lead over the Cubs. Sandy Alcantara goes six and two thirds innings. He strikes out four, walks three, gives up only one earned run. And this was uh, something that we knew could happen. The interesting move here is that Kyle Hendricks goes in game one for the for the Cubs. You think maybe you Darvish might have been the right move there? I don't know, but. You know, having having you Darvish in an elimination game today is something that could benefit the Cubs. But I just think an outstanding effort by the Cardinals, excuse me, by the Marlins. They're able to, to uh, get back in this game after going down one run. It was an early Ian Happ home run 
to the opposite field that got things done uh, and for the Cubs early. But then Corey Dickerson hits a three-run home run, and then Jesus Aguilar, who had a nice game today too, has a two-run home run, makes it 5-1 to one in that seventh inning. And those feisty Marlins, man, one game away from making the National League Division Series. Once again, no team has punched your tickets so far, and if I were to say uh, comeback is likely, this one feels like the series where it is most likely. But the Marlins, once again, in a spot where we don't love them, they go on the road, they get a win, they come from behind. I, I mean, you know, this team's good. This team now, if things ended, you could say they have a lot of magic. They had a lot, a lot of magic. Impressive stuff. The team that they might be playing, and it feels like they could be playing, the Dodgers get a win 4-2 over the Brewers in the first game of their series. This one, um, the Dodgers get too early. They get a third run in the second inning from Mookie Betts. In the top of the fourth, the Brewers get a home run from Orlando Arcia. But a Corey Seager home run in the seventh, a solo shot, makes it 4-2 and make it felt like the, the Dodgers were a bit more in control in this game. And this was an effort the Dodgers needed to have. They did not want any surprises here early. This team was way too good at 43-17 and 17 to lose to a team like this. A, a good win. Walker Buehler goes four innings. Gives up three hits, two earned runs, two walks, strikes out eight over the course of that short period of time. This was a bullpen day for the Brewers. They had Brent Suter go out there for them to start off. They had one, two, three, four, five different pitchers in this game. Um, and I was I was heartened by the fact that Dodgers didn't give it up. Like, you know, I'm not a huge Dodgers fan, but to make you know, to for them to to not give it up immediately and to not put themselves in a bad spot. I do think you're going to see Dave Roberts maybe a bit more uh, quick to go to his bullpen just because the way things have spiraled out of control for him in the past, he does not want to allow that to happen again. So I think you might see a bit more, uh, you know, a bit more wound up, a bit more tight, uptight Dave Roberts. Just get yourselves through the Dodgers out of this three-game series, I think that the team, one of the teams that does not benefit the most from a setting like this just because it puts a lot of pressure on a team that's not, not done a ton of playoff winning. So um, that's kind of my, my feel on that. They just want to get this win today. No need for a game three and get themselves into a five-game series where they can just relax just a touch. All right, so once again, in the National League, Braves up a game. Uh, in their series, Cardinals up a game. In their series, it was Miami taking the first game. In the Cubs series, and the Dodgers taking the first game in their series. So uh, it is two underdogs and two favorites getting wins. Top two seeds get the wins. The six and the five being the underdogs that snag wins there too. So uh, I've I've enjoyed the playoffs yesterday. It was fun. I'm I'm glad there's a bit less baseball on today it was a bit chaotic at times trying to watch the end of that Astros game while trying to watch the um trying to watch the end uh you know what we wanted to be the end at some point in time of that Reds game there was a lot happening at once I did enjoy the evening where things were spaced out a bit more obviously you have the the NBA finals was happening as well but you know just having the two games at night made things a bit easier to uh, <laughs> a bit easier to deal with uh, but yes, this is day two, or uh, edition number two, of our playoff diary. The big takeaways were the Yankees for me and the Braves showing their championship medal. Then I'm not going to forget, not going to forget about what the Rays did in the, one of the more under-the-radar series. Just putting that thing to bed in two games. Very impressive stuff. 
really excited already now for that Rays Yankees series. All right, make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors. Make sure you check out that position diagnostic that we are doing. Coming up tomorrow, it is going to be our third base position diagnostic, which should be very exciting, very intriguing. Many interesting storylines to get to at the Nationals' third base situation. Uh, who's playing there? Who played there this year? Who could be playing there next year? A whole lot to get to. The future of Carter Keboom to talk about. So a lot of interesting topics to discuss when it comes to the Nationals' third base situation with what happened in the past season and what could be coming up here in the 2021 season and 2020 offseason for that matter as well too. Make sure you check out the Locked On MLB podcast and the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast. Also check out R.M. Layton's Locked On Prospects podcast. All of these things are part of the Locked On Podcast Network.